Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. The first time I met today's guest on In a Mississippi Minute, we said hello, sat down at the Clevelander in South Beach, Florida, and got up four hours later. We had that much to talk about, and we have been pals ever since. He used to spend his days training, growing up, to go as fast as humanly possible down a steep and slippery ski slope. And man, could he fly. Please welcome former U.S. ski team member, my brother, Terry Ahola. Hello, Terry. Hey, man. How's hey. it going, brother? How, How you doing? doing? <laughs> I re- what I remember from that first trip is you wrecked my tongue for the whole week with uh, some hot chilies. Let's talk about my, my ability to eat uh, hot food uh, you're, versus you're yours. You're unbelievable. I was totally just sweating, and, and my mouth was numb. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I remember from that first meeting. Isn't that funny? For, for people that yeah. don't know, we ventured off. We were at Gino Toretta's uh, event for Lou Gehrig's disease, and that's where we met. And I remember us uh, going to – we were hungry late night, like all guys get. And uh, we were uh, going to uh, pass a chicken wing place. It said chicken wings and pizza. I remember testing – and, and upsetting the cook, letting him know that he couldn't make them hot enough. And uh, I remember you uh, still being upset with me. It was awesome. It worked. It worked. <laughs> well, we had just come from an Emmy party or something on Star Island, if you recall. We were in this crazy house. We didn't know anybody. And you got you got on the piano and played a couple songs. <laughs> yeah, the guy I was upset. All, everything about that person. Okay, wait yeah. a minute. That, that was the night that you and I were looking for an escape. We walked yeah. in. It was the craziest night ever. So picture walking in Star Island. Uh, for people that don't know, it's like um, the richest of the rich in, in, in South Beach in Miami. And so we're, we walk in, and there must have been 100 bottles of either Dom, Perion, or Cristal, whatever, empty bottles sitting everywhere. And you walk through the kitchen, right? And there was this guy who owned the house in, in all white. I mean, his head was shining. I mean, this guy was, like, glowing. And he right. was playing piano, and he had all this reverb in his piano uh, in the speaker. He had, so he had like a setup where he was playing for people with like a PA. And, it was uh, crazy. It was crazy. And, of course, I didn't like all the reverb, so I decided to go in and, re- and take it out. So, Mix, mixing board. <laughs> yeah, it sounded horrible. It sounded like he was murfing the magic tones, you know, playing at the, uh, the Holiday Inn somewhere back in the 70s with all that stuff. Yeah. So, so anyway, he wasn't happy about it, and you and I sort of seemed to slip out the back thinking somebody – it, the SWAT team's going to show up, 
<laughs> right? Am I right? Well, we I, we never seen a house like that either. The whole thing was open to the ocean. If to you the recall. ocean. The whole wall yeah. is like a glass wall is gone. You know, it's like a, something out of James Bond, right? It was something out of James Bond, so I was trying to figure right. out if they busted through or Scarface or somebody that we were going to have, the only way out was to swim. Jump on the, no, jump on the jet skis. Yeah, and the jet. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking to Terry Ola. Terry Ahola is a former U.S. ski team member, uh, grew up in the UP in, in Michigan, uh, still lives there today uh, in Escanaba. Is that how Gladstone. I say it right? Gladstone, actually. Okay, sorry about that. Gladstone on the yeah. on Lake Michigan, where I have tasted salt, and so I decided that that was not uh, a lake; it's an ocean. Just FYI for it, everybody, it's a it's a big one for sure. All right, so Terry, yeah. let's let's. I want to go back in time, and I want to talk about was skiing something that you saw yourself on the world stage as a kid, or was it something that you eased into and it just sort of ended up happening? You know, uh, my mother really started me through you know at a young age, and I kind of just you know took to it. We, we had a little ski area here in Gladstone. You've been there. I showed you where I started. You know, it's very small. But I totally got into it, and it was like something. I, I played every sport there was. I was a wrestler. I was a basketball player, same season as skiing. Uh, I played football, you know, the whole thing. But, but skiing was something I, I, I really took to, I guess, for maybe the, the, the speed of it or something. I just I said, I, I got to do this. But, but if you want to really know how I got into ski racing, I guess I'm moving ahead a little bit. Uh, as a kid... I watched Wild World of Sports, and they had World Pro Skiing on. And John Keeley was one of the first guys, and friends of mine who are, who are friends of mine now, John, uh, Tyler, uh, Terry and Tyler Palmer, uh, Joseph Odermott. So all these guys were on TV, and they looked so cool. You know, they had the cool ski stuff, and they had cool hair, they had cool everything. And they were like, you know, like, like uh, super cool guys, like Hollywood guys, you know? Right. So uh, I kind of got into that saying, I got to do that. You know, that's, I, I can remember saying that when I was probably 12, 13 years old. And the funny thing is the guy who created that is a guy named Bob Biatti. Bob Biatti created World Cup, World Cup Ski Racing and the World Professional Ski Tour. And he just passed away like um, two weeks ago. And, I, when I, and he's in the UB, U.S. Ski Hall of Fame. He's, he was the uh, board of directors uh, uh, for the U.S. Ski Team forever. From Aspen, Colorado, originally from Stowe. But anytime I saw Beats, I would say, Beats, you are the reason I'm a ski racer, man. You, you put Wild World of Sports on to a Midwest town like mine on ABC. And I was able to watch it and really be compelled to try to do that. And so, anyways, I just want to give you some history of that because he did pass away two weeks ago, and, and he was a pioneer in the ski racing business, period. He's probably the number one pioneer. Wow. So, wow. yeah, it's crazy. Skiing, to me, you know, growing up in the Delta, and you, you, we're going to talk about my, my abilities to not ski, and, and you get scared <laughs> to watch me ski in a little bit. But, but to want to go that fast, you know, the fear – when you're younger, is it just you got no fear? I mean, uh, and, no, I wouldn't say that, Steve, because uh, I remember the first time, you know, as I advanced as a junior racer, you know, I had to make a decision when I was a freshman in high school. Was I going to play basketball? Was I going to wrestle? Or was I going to ski? Now, I'm not going anywhere as a basketball player as far as, you know, to be a professional or anything around wrestling. I'll just end up with cauliflower ears and, and maybe win a medal somewhere, but that's about it, right? Skiing was a sport I could see I could do the rest of my life. And, and so I, I advanced. So as a, as a junior racer, I made the, the, the junior nationals in, in Squaw Valley, California. I was, I was 16. Uh, I had never been on an airplane. I was scared, you know, scared badly. And, and got on a plane in Escanaba and flew to Squaw Valley. And the first day I got there, I was up on the mountain. And uh, Alpine Meadows was where the downhill was. Right. And, I'm, I, and I got to look down this mountain. I'm going, are you kidding me? I can't do this. 
I said exactly. Okay, I so said, no, so no to give give us an idea versus what you were used to skiing on, and then you're going there. Basically, the steepness. What was the difference? Not even the steepness, Steve. The, the length. It's a mountain. You know, you get on a gondola or a tram to get to the top of this thing. Where I've been on, you know, ten seconds on a rope tow, getting me to the top of my hundred vertical foot ski. We're talking about twelve hundred, fifteen hundred. Who knows? In a downhill, and we're going to be going at that time. When I was 16, excess of 60, 65 miles an hour, and I crashed. I do remember that. But, but so I was scared. But, but that, that, that fear helped me, I think. Uh, that, that, that fear was kind of that thing that made me say, you know what, I, I can do this maybe. But, but I could, at first I was very doubtful. Uh, you know, from there, I guess uh, I, I just said, you know what, this could be a pretty good, uh, pretty good way to go about things and and see the see the world and and uh and travel and blah 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 so right we've been blessed to meet some uh very unique people i remember telling my uh, my my wife uh your buddy and my you know gwen so i remember telling gwen i'm done with meeting new people i don't want to meet any more people i've got friends i grew up with i've got friends here i'm done and mm-hmm. but it's so funny she was what do you mean <laughs> it's the stupidest thing i could ever say right mm-hmm. and, right and and Little did I know that really the greatest relationships that I ever have would be in front of me. Uh, and it helped me with my relationships in the past as well to understand the difference between true friends. You know, as you get a little older, you really start to uh, open up and, and there's just no walls. And, man, you know if you get along with somebody immediately. And uh, right. you and I have been blessed to meet so many great people from the entertainment world, period, but also, you know, uh, people in the business world it's just amazing people you meet along the way and so yeah. uh and so that was also the gift of getting to compete and uh people admire what we do and then all of a sudden it opens the door to uh long-lasting relationships we're talking to terry ahola a uh, dear friend of mine uh, he spends his time uh every june at the delta soul makes the trip all the way from one end of the world to the other uh, parts unknown Michigan to the Mississippi Delta, and he loves it so much. And he's going to be back this year uh, for the Delta Soul Celebrity uh, Year Seven. I know that's great. And, and what's crazy about your event is that you you know you came here to my hometown in my house, stayed with me. You played a show nearby, like maybe ten houses down the down the lake, right? It was at the yacht club, right? And uh, I showed you where I started skiing, and you went, "Holy crap!" And then I went to the Delta, to the Delta before that maybe, and and I and I saw the folks down there, and I was I was in it, and I'm going, man, now I get it, now I get Steve, I get the soul where it comes from, and the Mississippi Delta and the cotton fields and all this thing, and we both had these crazy different lives growing up, but we, you know what I'm saying? They came right. together and uh, from two extreme, you know, gr- you know, places to grow up in, I guess. Right, I, I would say two extremely of, extreme places. Right. Yes, Upper uh, Michigan is very, very unusual. There's two hundred thirty thousand people up here, and it's, we're youpers, and uh, we guard that, you know, with our with our pride. And 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 I see the same thing in the Mississippi Delta, or you know, Greenville when I come down there. And and I, I tell you, I tell people that all the time. The, it's, the, it's the greatest place. I understand Steve Azar and his writing and how he does it now. And where it comes from, it comes from your soul, and that's right. what your event is called. Delta well, soul. It so, is. It's a blessing to get yeah. do it. We're talking to Terry Ahola. You are in a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. We'll be right back.
It's easier than ever to hear Super Talk anywhere. Now you can get Super Talk Mississippi on Amazon Alexa devices. Just go to supertalk.fm slash Alexa to find out more. For news, politics, sports, and the good things happening in Mississippi, the conversation starts here. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hello world, here I am standing over this little old town called America. I'm Steve Azar. We are back in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. Uh, Thanks for listening. We are with former U.S. ski team member uh, and a pile of mine, Terry Ahola. He is in on on Lake Michigan, a beautiful spot uh, in Gladstone. All the way in the up in the UP, uh, and it is a long way from here. And I appreciate you taking the time, Terry. Okay, so you leave and you, you've gone sixteen. You've you've blown up, as you guys call it. You've fallen, right? Is you, how many times did you I get crashed. to run? First you time I crashed, right. it, you know, at sixty-five miles an hour, that was that was scary because what we're dealing with here is vertical pitch. I, we, I've never skied on pitch like a mountain, like Squaw Valley. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, all you're doing is falling, and, and, and it's crazy. Because getting ahead of ourselves, you referenced it in the song Fly. You know, I'm about to jump out of this, this starting gate, you know, and go down. It's like uh, a gun barrel, you know? Right. It, it, and, and so that, that scared me. But, but it also, you know, the giant song is wrong at the same time of that, that, uh, the Junior Olympics that I was at, Junior Nationals. I, I was so far out of it, Steve. I was, I was not even close to being near the top, okay? And I'm saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. But then after the trip was done and I figured it out, I said, maybe I can do this. You know? what, made so, you, what made you decide that you, what was the change of heart? I, I, I don't even know. I, I think it was uh, subconscious how it happened because frightened as I was of crashing again, still wanted to get out there and do it. So what was very uh, unique to it is everywhere I went, every level I had graduated to in ski racing, say juniors to, you know, uh, the, the 18 years old, 19 year old Albert Cups and, and Noramps. Mm-hmm. I it was a new experience for me everywhere I went. You know, the next thing you know, I'm in. I'm in. Well, I used to go to Mount Hood every summer. That's that's interesting. Two three weeks on the glacier training, and and then moved to Vail when I was 18. I went home. This is a huge world. You know, you're in a uh, ski capital like Vail, Colorado, and I'm on the ski ski team there. And everything I did, every advancement I made was a made was a new experience, which. I guess that was probably what drove me as much as anything, especially well, from my competitive spirit. Right, right, right. Well, so I love you mentioning the word subconscious. As a songwriter, you have to go into that place to find the good stuff. It has to be uh, something you're not really so focused on. To me, all the good stuff that's come out that's really mattered is stuff that you've lived and gone through, but obviously it falls out uh, on its own time and in its own way. And then you, you look back at what you wrote and you're going like, I don't even, I don't even, that's not even something I'd really say. I, I don't even know. I don't remember saying it or thinking it. Right. And you right. have to probably get there as an athlete as well. We're talking to Terry Ola, former U.S. ski team member. Were you sort of, uh, did you fit in? You're coming from, people are coming from different parts, no. but no, no, that's really funny too, because, um, I remember going to my, one of my first U.S. ski team invitees, right? So I was 18, 19 in Vail. I went won every race there was in, in a span of two years. I, in fact, I ran, won 10 slums in a row. And that's, wow. you know, that's pretty crazy. And, Come on. and the ski team still was, yeah, the ski team was still not looking at me. And I beat the, the, the juniors my age on the U.S. ski team. I beat everybody. And, uh, you know, Sounds they, like they the record business. <laughs> yeah, they exactly like it. We, this is why our stories are parallel, right? And and they just they just they didn't they they didn't want anything to do with me. I guess I don't know. Well, maybe I leaned in or something. 
I still am going fast. That's all that matters, right? And so uh, I was going to turn professional. 19 years old, 20 years old, I just won every race there was. And my dad and my coach said, no, we're going to call the U.S. ski team, and we're going to make them invite you to a camp. And they invited me to Mount Hood with all the ski team guys that were about my age or, or a couple years older, but guys I looked up to and, and watched and went, wow, these guys can ski. And that was Mark Tache, Hans Dantiner, John Buxman, Mike Frost, okay? That was our gang. And, I, and I, I didn't know them well at the time when I got there. So I was this Midwest kid. I was all dressed up like maybe in a suit. Who knows, because I wanted to impress, right? <laughs> right. And, and I get, I'm in a bunk room with all these guys. We're all in the same room. And I started learning what my friend from California, Hans Dantiner, was all about. Or Mark Tache, who grew up in Aspen. Not very few people have done that, right? Or Scott Hoffman in Utah and Mike Frost in Vermont. So now all of a sudden you get all these other areas. People are from different parts of the country, right? I remember the first thing that I learned from those guys, button fly, 501 jeans. And, and I said, I got to get some of those because they were bigger in the thighs and they fit guys like us who had big thighs, you know, with smaller weights. I've talked right? about the legs of steel in my song, Fly. I go there and I'm in the best shape of my life because there was no way if I got an invite to the UFC team that I was going to fail because of my physical condition, right? I was like... 6% body fat. I, I, I was running, biking, all, all summer long training for this thing, sit-ups, you name it. First I go to the, we're on snow, and I win every time trial. All right? So I'm winning by a lot, a couple seconds at a couple of them, right? Oh, my God. It's like, and, it's like a month in skiing, right? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm winning every time trial with these guys who are already on the team. And the funny thing is, a guy from, you know, we had reps back then, you know, like maybe guitar rep for you, but ski reps, a guy from Genius Star, this guy named Al Bear. And uh, I wasn't even on Dean Star, but he liked me, and he always wanted to try to Was Albert French? Yes, he was. French. Yes, sir. He comes down, he goes, Siri, they don't know what to do. You're too seconds, you're beating everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, there was so many people pulling for me, which was really cool, right? And I, I remember yeah. uh, uh, Conrad Rickenbach was the head coach, and he, I got down, and I won a couple time trials, and, and he looked at me, and he smiled. He didn't talk. He was not a guy of words. just smiled. And so, next thing we do, we got to go down to Portland, and we got to do the dryland training and the dryland testing. What's dry, mile, what is dryland testing? Dryland would be we had to run a mile, uh, mile run in a certain amount of time, right? Uh, we had to do a certain amount of sit-ups, certain amount of pull-ups, all these things, you know. So, after the mile run, I, got, I went back behind the bleachers and threw up. <laughs> yeah. And, which we did all the time in football, right? Right, and, all the time. Right. And, and, and all these guys are going... He's coming back after he threw up. He's going to come back and do the rest of the training. I said, well, what's the big deal? I just threw up. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And again, Conrad Rickenbach looked at me and smiled. And then, and then he said, looks like I got to take you to Europe. Wow. <laughs> There's no, no question. And I went, wow, that's, that's cool. And I remember that very vividly, you know, the, that time. And, and those guys that I was beating or at least competing with became my best friends like you. And yeah, well, they, they had all, no choice. They either well, had to get on the train or not. <laughs> we all we all stood in each other's weddings. Uh, you know right. what I mean? It's, and we get together maybe every ten years. All, well, I see them periodically as I travel, anyways. But uh, these are long lasting. It's like I, I don't want to compare it to being in the service because we're not in the service. But you you travel the world with these guys and you become a team. You know, right. we, we go to Europe. We're U.S. ski team members. And back in the day, they used to have U.S. ski team on the vans. That's not. That, they don't do that anymore because they are sitting debt over there now with all the terrorism mm -hmm. and all this stuff. But, but uh, you, you travel the world with these guys, and you just you, you remember so much about those times. 
You know, well, you know, there's nothing country. better than teamwork playing on a team. You know, you and I both know the celebration, the going through the trials and failing together, winning together, knowing every single inch of effort you put in to get there. You know, that's the greatest feeling in the world. It's a feeling that I, you know, that's why I love in golf to play with a partner. Um, I'm not afraid to play alone. I just don't enjoy it anymore. I mean, I've always, sure. even growing up in tennis, I had a great partner, my buddy, you know, our buddy Ken Purvis, and, and I knew I could t- count on him, you know, and so. Yep. So we go through those things, and that's sort of how I've loved. That's why I love to be on stage with the band. Now, I love playing solo and all that, and I do a certain amount of that. And I, I do enjoy the storytelling, but I love being with my comrades on stage and playing and, and my team, you know, and all that. We're talking to Terry Ahola. Terry, let's talk about I would have never gotten a chance to write Fly if it wasn't for you. You started inviting our family to the American Ski Classic uh, where we would uh, – Ski a celebrity would ski with a, a legend of ski a skiing, which I begged for it to end as quick as possible. But, <laughs> but with that said, I did have the ability to watch you ski, and you're energetic like I am. And the only way I can describe the common thread between what you and I do is when I get on stage, I'm at peace, I'm calm, rhythmically as a human being, I'm just more sedated, and that's how it looks when you're skiing. To watch you ski, and you're talking about Legs of Steel, I basically wrote that song about you because I got to know you the most and your personality. Mm-hmm. The song ended up being uh, the official song for the 2015 World Ski Championships and then ended up being the feature track in Mall Cop 2 for our boys Kevin James and Gary Valentine. So that was... It's a great, was, it's a great song. Oh, uh, I loved song. it. I remember, I remember you played it on my deck. It was, you, you didn't put it down yet. And you said, I want to play this by, run this by you. And yeah. And I, and I said... You, you nailed it. It's crazy because uh, you were talking about calm. I remember being in the zone once in ski racing, and I was in the zone for about a month, I think. I was number three in the country in slalom. I made it that far up behind Phil and Steve Mayer. But I was racing in a race in Germany, and it was in slow motion. And I felt so slow that I'm going to be way out of it. And, you know, I come down from the 90th spot, and, you know, as a, and that's way back. And I'm fifth place with all these World Cup guys and everything. And, and I felt like I was going slow. And I tell that story that, I mean, to other people, because I know what people are talking about when they're in the zone. And I would say, as, an, as a musician, you can get in the zone, too. Just like you said, you forgot. I don't know, even remember where that came from, right? Right. Uh, and so when I got to Wenatchee, Washington, we flew from Europe, and, I, and we got to uh, Washington. We had a race at Mission Ridge. No way anybody was beating me. That's how good I was skiing. The first run... I won. I was in first place. Second run, I was everything was in slow motion. My ski was turning so good that I overpowered my knee. I didn't fall. I didn't crash. And my knee, my ACL tore in a turn mm-hmm. because I was tracking the ski so well and, and getting that centrifugal force that you make when you're trying to make speed as a skier. And it blew my knee up. And that was really, really tough. But I remember being in the zone before that. And, and I was in the zone when I blew the knee up because I remember it vividly and how it happened and, you know, where that turn was going and everything. But uh, I guess I just wanted to touch on that, what you were talking about being in the zone. Or We're talking to Terry Ahola, a former U.S. ski team member. Uh, I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. I'm going to fly home on two feet from a cool mile. Head to head with Matt Wyatt and Richard Cross. Number one, number one. All the very best in sports. 
Weekday afternoons, 3 to 6, on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are with former ski team member, legend Terry Ahola. I have to ask you, when your knee, uh, you came down, did you continue skiing or with the knee issue? Or did you know right when you got to the bottom? First of all, you look and you went, go from 90 to number five. And th- did you continue or was that it? No, no, I crashed after the knee, you know, blew up. But I got up and, you know, I knew something was wrong, but you, what you do is you, you deny it. You know what I mean? Ah, I think I'm all right. I think I'm all right. No, let me ski down. I think you're so frozen, down, actually. I yeah, think your knee's well, frozen and you don't feel it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. So I skied down gingerly, right? But but I, I said, look, I can ski. No, there's nothing wrong with it. You, you just, you're just denying what actually happened, you know? And it was crazy because it swelled up big, and our doctor wasn't there. He was in Lake Tahoe, Dr. Stedman, who moved to Vail after that. But, right, but so, Stedman. Uh, we get in the U.S. ski team van, all my buddies were talking about, and we drive from Washington to Squaw Valley, and that, they get a storm uh, where they get 10 feet of snow while we're there. I can't get to Lake Tahoe. I can't, the road's closed. I can't get my knee looked at yet. So I, I'm still thinking. That, so I had like four days. Of thinking, maybe it's not, maybe it's not torn, maybe it's not torn. You know what I mean? It's, you, you fight with that, you know that. No, no, it's not torn. It's not torn. When in fact it really was. But you know, you you just try to mentally, you know, overcome it. But you can't overcome an ACL <laughs> torn. But no, you no, know, no, no. off the <laughs> patellar tendon, right? And so uh, I get there. I have, you know, it was torn. But but so uh, yeah, I guess to answer your question, I did ski down, but and I walked around, tried to walk around while I was going before I got to squat to Tahoe. You know, to try to prove everybody. No, it's not torn. Look at it, I can walk on it. You know, <laughs> it was hurting like hell. Yeah. But you just do that. You, you know, I, I, I think that's pretty, pretty normal for well, an athlete. Yeah, yeah, Joe. It's just something you've worked so hard, and you're trying to convince yourself that there's no way right. this is going to happen, right? Well, I know, I know the the '84 Olympics are coming up in Sarajevo. You know, that we had raced in Sarajevo that winter in '83, right before I was in the zone, and uh, I knew maybe I was coming back there the next year for the Olympics, right? So when you tear your knee, you know you're six months out at at best. And they especially they moved back us really then. fast. Especially yeah, back they, then, right? Well, they moved us. They, they worked us really fast. I did actually ski six months from the day of the injury. So in Soden, Austria, I remember getting on the chairlift and and my ski was sticking out to the right because I was so used to walking with my foot right to the right, so I didn't hurt. I, which I should have really walked heel toe, which I tell you. But you, you try to get around not hurting and whatever. So. Well, so speed wise, uh, what had happened after that injury? Uh, as far as what you mean, speed and fear, both. Oh, n- nothing, nothing. That's just a knee injury. That, I mean, I, I would say the, the most. The, the you know, if we're going ahead here now, but but the, the worst that I ever uh, at, you know experienced was a crash in in uh, Bump Bachelor, uh, Oregon, and it, I have the video. It's because it was ESPN was covering it. Corey Carlson was announcing it. I went off a bump. The pro jumps is what they had about 45 mile an hour and landed on my back and snapped my head and I was knocked out. Right. And, and I was scared. That was it. Cause I knew I had a son home, Nick and, and Ann was here. And I kept telling the, the paramedic or whoever was taking me on the stretcher on a helicopter. Uh, I have a son, man, Hans I, or Nick it was Nick and Hans wasn't here yet. And that's the first thing that comes to your mind, you know, 
uh, and you get really, really emotional when you get this severe concussion. Because I remember seeing Phil Mayer have one, and he was crying. And I never saw Phil Mayer ever cry. And, I, and it's crazy because just as you called today, you said we were both watching Brett Favre Our boy. and Megyn Kelly. He's a friend you're, of you're ours. Good friend, you know, you're a good friend of his. And I'm, we've I'm, seen I'm it. How many times have you? you and I been at Packer games on the field and watched the hits? Yeah. Yeah, that not yeah. only did he take, but he dished out because he was quarterback that would not only – I mean, I remember seeing – I think it was Warren Sapper talking to him once, and yep. he, that was the quarterback that actually hit you. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah, no, you no. Know? And then pick you, he'd pick you up, <laughs> you know. He, 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 he threw a pass. I saw him pass. He came over and gave us both five because we were on the sidelines. And, and I saw Brett on, on TV today, yeah. and I remember him crying when he had a concussion on the sidelines. They pulled him off the field. And he had tears in his eyes, but that's only emotion. He's not—he's not crying. Or, you know, it's like I'm sure he was thinking about the stuff I was thinking about. His family, his kids. You know, well, he's really thinking. You know, he's—he's he's such a great guy, and he's obviously a Mississippian and and a historical, a historical figure worldwide. But obviously, we claim him because he's ours, and it's just his yeah. meeting his family and yeah. and getting to know us. You got to text him, Steve, and tell him I, I, I saw that. I will. Loved it too. And so, I, yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely yeah. do that. I'll definitely do that. We're, Talking to Terry Ahola, former U.S. ski team member, the trials and tribulations uh, of of being an athlete uh, on a world class level always has just um, I, my curiosity always is at, at a high because it's something that us entertainers wish that we could we could have done. Uh, yeah, kind of like us musicians, you know, or, right, or, right? Yeah, musicians. You know, the thing is, if I could tell a funny story, because. Uh, you're into the whole skiing thing, and I'm more into what our life together as after we met. Right. And uh, I, I have a funny story because it was about Brett Favre. Uh, it starts with Brett Favre. We ended up going to uh, Tunica, Mississippi for Brett the Vet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember. Uh, we played in it. Our golf team uh, won he, it. I won the watch that doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, you won a nice anyway. watch. I won a jersey signed by Brett, which I still have. And he's a friend, so that's really funny. It's a nice thing, right? Yeah. And so. But, but the funny thing with his story is, Steve, here we are in Tunica, right? And, and Tim McGraw played, I think you played before him, I can't remember. And we got on your tour bus, right, about 10 o'clock at night. You know, this is a Monday or Sunday. No, it's a Saturday night. And we drive through the night. We wake up in Augusta, Augusta, Georgia, for the Masters on Sunday. Yeah, we were we busing all over the place. Yeah, we see Moose, right? And, Our boy and Harold. Harold gives us two tickets, one and two. And they're Jack Nicholas's and his wife's. And you and I have their tickets. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I do remember. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And we walked the course and we did that thing. And, and to, you know, it was a bucket list for me. I always wanted to go there. And, and the funny thing was, as we got there, my friend Rich Beam was just finishing up. So I got to talk to him after he got done and to tell me all the greens were like the million putting on blacktop, and how fast they were. And so we spent that whole day just experiencing that together. If you remember, we get the sandwiches for a buck. Oh, yeah. Or, or Incredible. Coke buck 50. 50 still a buck 50. So from there, we get on the bus, and we drive through the night to Myrtle Beach. To Monday, after, Monday the Masters, after the Masters, which is the first time what I, I brought recently you there. did. Right. Yeah. The first time Where I you introduced you me to? John Daly. Right. He parked right next to him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and John, I never forget it, because John, I, I've been talking to John about you, about your songwriting, because he loves music, you know. And, and it was a good, great, it was a natural meeting, obviously. But I remember him going underneath his bus, he grabbed a, a brand new set of tailor-made irons, he says, give this to Nick for me, okay? 
That's right. Give him to your son, who was a great yes. college player himself. Yeah, yeah. At yeah, Florida but, Gulf so that Coast. That was a funny story of right. our relationship. Well, I mean, it's just it was just how it was happening, and and I, and I was recently with Gary Valentine, our buddy, and he and GV said. Uh, uh, it, we were talking about how we met that trip as well on my bus. So it was right. like this, the relationships were just starting to grow and uh, once oh. again out of our control. And that's a beautiful you thing. You met Josh Kelly. You wrote a song with Josh Kelly on that trip. Remember yeah, that? I think, I think uh, you're on right. On John's bus. I sort yeah, of like, wrote, I wonder if I wrote that trip off now thinking about you know, it. No, no, you wrote it. It was uh, swim, sinking <laughs> or swimming, right? Is that what it Yeah, is? no, no, no. We're yeah. all alone yeah. in the river. Yeah, I remember you doing the chorus on the bus and I was kind of singing it with you. It was funny. Anyways. Well, let me ask exactly. you this. Let me, so... Uh, speaking of, of of skiing and all that, I remember racing down the down the mountain, at, and I thought I was going really fast, right? And I obviously was going like zero miles an hour, but it, to me, it felt like you know this is too fast. And I hit a rut, and I was racing David Carradine from <laughs> from uh, from you know Bobby from Carradine. Revenge of the Nerds. Not, not David. Bobby. Oh, I'm Bobby. sorry, I was racing Bobby. Yeah, Bobby David, Carradine. David was kung fu. His brother was kung fu. That's right. So I was racing right. Bobby. Bobby was over there and left, and all of a sudden hit that rut, and he he snowboards, and I had yep. him. Uh, we were both bad, and I remember slinging into the air, and I remember my skis brushing against like his eyelashes. It like scared me. I thought I was gonna kill him. You and, were in the zone, slow, slow motion. Yeah, you know, it was a bad zone. And then you always yeah. said, "I can't watch you. I can't watch you fall. You're gonna break everything." It was just like, but thank goodness I was never going fast enough. Uh, I just don't get it. You know, you got to realize growing up here, I feel like I'm falling down a rooftop no matter what the steepness is. And I remember telling uh, Steve Mayer going like, if you push me, you know, they want to push you down to get you started. If you push me, you're going with me. I swear you're going with me. (laughs) Anyway, we're talking to Terry Ahola. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. Hey, Terry, let me ask you this real quick. You're a musical guy. You love music. Uh, obviously, you were one of the stars in the Catfish Christmas video, which uh, uh, which I remember you going like, and Jim McMahon and Cat Cora, and I remember yep. you going, Jim's never gonna be able to go the whole day. He's gonna get, he's gonna, he's gonna not get be happy about this. We were in the truck before it started, and Jim Mc, Jimmy Mac goes, okay, boys, like the leader that he always was and quarterback, this is gonna be a long day. I want everybody to focus. And we're going to have a great time later. And you and I knew that we were going to be in a good place. But shooting the music video, just knowing your love affair for music in general, uh, I want to talk about that next. Um, But before I want to go to a break, Mississippi is the birthplace of American music. You would agree with that, right? 100%. Thank you so much. Okay, so uh, play DJ. Who would you like to hear, a little BB King or Three Doors Down? I'm a Three Doors Down guy. I love three doors down. Well, <laughs> here's man, the deal. Baby. I just got home. I've been working in Florida all winter, right? And 100 days is how long I've been gone. There's a song, Three Doors, or three doors Down, where it's, 100 days have been made me older, talking about his wife, 100 days away. We are talking to Terry Ahola, and now as this conversation gets further into it, you're finding out what we really are like when we're going. We go a little faster. I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Here, the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, yeah. I'm Steve Azar. You are in the back, backside of a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm with my dear friend, former ski team member, Terry Ahola. Uh, Terry, I appreciate you joining me. I want to talk real quick about something that we probably probably don't have the right to talk about, but he's your buddy. They're your buddies. First of all, Steve Mariucci, you, you host. You're sort of the face of this event in Marquette, Michigan, every year. I've gotten to be there one time, uh, and also uh, Coach Izzo. At Michigan State, with everything going on right now, you and I both, okay, I met Coach Izzo, and I fell in love with him. I mean, his wife and his family-oriented, and with all the stuff going on in the Olympics and and, the, and obviously the gymnastics with the doctor and all the, the tragic stuff, you know, the horrible stuff you hear and that we've heard and we've learned, um, sort of dragging and versus all the NCAA stipulations, what's going on right now with Adidas and all this. Uh, you know, ESPN, you know, did the thing on on, on Michigan State, and I texted uh, Steve, you know, Mariucci about it, and he said so much misinformation, Terry. But but that's not the point. Let me just say what I think, okay, Steve, and I think you'll agree with me. I, you and I have met so many people in sports, and there came, but I'm talking specifically sports. Let's say the coaches we know are John Fox and and like oh, you said, Steve Mariucci, and right, we know all these people in in sports. Of of the people I know in sports, of the hundreds of people. You know, and well-known sports stars, Steve Mariucci and Tom Izzo are from Upper Peninsula, where I'm from, right? We're in UP Sports Hall of Fame together. That doesn't mean anything to me. What means most to me is they are the most genuine, caring people, coaches you'd ever be around. It's not even about wins. It's about how he relates to his players. They both relate to their players. But, but they're full of integrity. Full of integrity, and it's hard to find in this in this in this business, you know, at times. And I think you'd agree with me on that, right? I would agree. Uh, so, as far as Coach Izzo and and what you know, how Michigan State back tried to they were going around. Michigan State's got his back. But, you know, there's no question there. The Board of Regents, whoever. But but you know, uh, I'm just on record saying that he, these two guys that I know, and, and Steve's not part of this. Uh, this, what we're talking about for the Olympic stuff, uh, you know, as far as athletes and what happens with the Michigan State doctor, but they're, they're full of integrity and, and they do it right. They do the, they've always done it right. He's not, you know, as far as how he recruits and his guys on his team for Michigan State, he does it by the book and he, he builds these fantastic relationships with these people that long last long through life. And that, I think that's the most important thing. I still have a really great relationship with my high school football coach. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, so no, I, I guess I guess I just wanted to quantify that's what how I feel about you know Coach Izzo and, and for sure Steve Mariucci they're just great people and I, I was so honored to uh, co-host the Beacon House with Coach uh, Mariucci for the last several years a lot of my friends have come you came Steve Blomquist has come Jim McMahon's come and uh, you know they come because they know these coaches and they, you know, how great they are what kind of people they are yes. right yeah I hope that that. Uh... With all oh, this going good. on in the NCAA's and stuff, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously. Well, do, you, do you remember uh, his run to the Final Four a few years ago where, he, where one of his star players had a little young girl who was cancer, was at every game, coaches all out right behind the, the, the seat of the team, and 
right after the NCAAs were over, she passed away. And mm. Coach did a, uh, uh, they had a bonfire for the, the celebration of the Final Four or whatever. He was out there talking about her, crying. I saw him. I yeah. mean, pretty amazing guy. And, yeah. and, and uh, that was, that's real. You know yeah. what I mean? That is so, real. That's that is a quick real. story. We're talking to Terry Ahola. Uh, we ventured off the path of skiing, which is good with me. And I know a lot of my Mississippi friends. We're going to end with this because this is where I remember getting to know how great you were as a skier. Everybody shows up at the American Ski Classic uh, and they in Bell and you, you have these legends of skiing and Terry is one of them. And they are full decked out like you see on skiers on TV. Terry's looking for skis, looking for a helmet, looking. He's in his jeans. He's trying to find a jacket. I mean, he's wearing everybody's stuff. And the last time that we did this, I watched you roll over everybody. I watched you in a zone, as you say. And you say, God, this is just scaring me. I'm not scared now because I don't practice. I don't. These guys look like they're still doing it, still working at it. And I watched you take out every great there was that day. And the announcer was like freaked out, like, you know, because you did get hurt. And you did get sure. sidelined, and you didn't get to to reap those benefits because of injuries. Uh, and it's just it was an amazing day for me because I, I held my head up really high because you're all my brother, and and I just wanted to say that because I got to really see you compete. You know, I, a couple of days a year I get to go see in that race. It's kind of fun. You can do it all you want. I can't thank you enough. Uh, you're my brother. I love you. Uh, we have been with Terry Ahola, former U.S. Ski Team member, and uh, we spent a lot of time together. He will be in Mississippi in June at the Delta Soul, and along with a bunch of other our other crazy friends and uh, doing some great stuff down here for the Arts for Kids. Well, it's funny because you doing this show, it's really, it, 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 it makes total sense. I'm going to be working on a podcast right now called Terry Ahola and my best friends, because I, you know, I like to call everyone my best friend. You truly are my best friend, one of my best friends. So, but, but we're going to be looking to do the same kind of thing. The podcast, Terry Ahola and my best friend. We're gonna, so we'll we're gonna on, meet you halfway in the middle. So, we'll, what we'll do is we'll, you're far enough away. By the time we get and meet in the middle, we'll have combed the country, and then we'll take It'll be it fun. Home. You've been inside a Mississippi Minute. We're going to let Terry Ahola get back to his beautiful Lake Michigan, and we're in the beautiful, I am on the beautiful, mighty Mississippi uh, River, and uh, I feel at peace. Uh, God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in to In a Mississippi Minute. Later on. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. It's easier than ever to hear Super Talk anywhere. Now you can get Super Talk Mississippi on Amazon Alexa devices. Just go to supertalk.fm slash Alexa to find out more. For news, politics, sports, and the good things happening in Mississippi, the conversation starts here. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.